This special coverage of the COVID-19 slash coronavirus crisis episode of the Blue Hawaii podcast is brought to you by Royal Thai Garden of a Beach, the freshest, the dopest, the tastiest Thai food takeout that you're going to find on this whole dadgum island. You'd have to go to another island to find something better, probably the island of Thailand, which I know is not an island. Um, and if you wanted to, you couldn't. Well, if you if you did go, if you did go to that island, you'd have to come back and you'd be under mandatory 14-day quarantine. Nobody wants that. So instead, go to Royal Thai Garden, Eva Beach, mention Blue White Podcast, get a discount, hopefully, try. If they don't, don't be an asshole because times are tough and, you know, discounts don't grow on trees. Uh, go there. Folks, it's Ryan again from the Blue White Podcast. Josh is not joining me on this episode again. If you'll recall, uh, I have the gear at my house, so I am just doing a little series of episodes um, with leaders in Hawaii's uh, various sectors uh, who can talk about how the state, how we are doing responding to this coronavirus crisis. Um, Last episode, I spoke with uh, Senator Kai Kahele. He is the senator for Senate District 1 on the Big Island, which includes Hilo. Um, he's also a candidate uh, for Congressional District 2's uh, representative at the federal level. He'd be taking over to- for Tulsi Gabbard, who is apparently lobbying for a job at Fox News. Just kidding, but not really. Um, today, we're going to be talking with uh, Prosecutor Justin Kohler. You'll remember him from a previous episode when we spoke with him about um, what it was like running uh, for a prosecutor on the island of Kauai. Um, Mr. Kohler is uh, right now generating uh, for his decision to release nonviolent offenders uh, in the face of this COVID-19 crisis, um, basically to slow transmission uh, in the community because our prisoners are at a great risk. You'll hear more about that in a minute. Let's just go to him. Uh, Welcome. Justin Kohler. Hi, Ryan. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, sure thing. Sure thing. So um, last episode, I spoke with uh, Senator Kahele, uh, Kai Kahele from the Big Island. Uh, wanted to speak with you a little bit to see if I could understand how, you know, Kauai is responding to the COVID-19 crisis. Oh, absolutely. Um, of course, that is, you know, absorbing all of our uh, attention and resources these days. And um, fortunately, I'm, I'm happy to say that our mayor seems to really be stepping up and doing, um, doing a great job taking this seriously, uh, keeping people informed, um, not hesitating to take action. And um, I think he's also doing a good job reassuring people that are, that are kind of frightened right now. So, um, you know, I, as a resident of Kauai, in addition to being an elected official here, I'm really happy that that Mayor Kawakami has, you know, seemed to meet this challenge head on. It, it makes me feel good as a as a voter, as a resident, and uh, as a part of the county. So that's wonderful. Um, so I was talking about on the lead in, uh, which obviously you didn't hear, but I was talking about uh, you've sort of made the news recently for. Uh, being in favor of releasing and, in fact, uh, actually moving to release uh, certain um, prisoners from the uh, correctional facilities there on Kauai. Can you explain a little bit more about that? Yes. Um, our jails and prisons in Hawaii are overcrowded um, by significant margins at almost every single one of the facilities in the statewide system. Our, our facility here on Kauai 
It was designed for 125 people. Um, you know, probably six months ago, it had close to 100 people in it. We've been able to get that down by taking some aggressive action to about 141 uh, inmates right now. Wow. But it really, it really does need to come down even further. It needs to get down to a level where the staff can appropriately um, space the inmates from one another and uh, engage in the hygiene and, and social distancing and, you know, quarantining if that's necessary for when this um, virus inevitably makes it into the jail facilities. Um, you know, putting two and four inmates in a cell like we have in some jails in the system, um, you know, in a, in a very small confined space with poor hygiene and lack of access to a lot of um, necessary sanitation items is really just it, creating a flashpoint for what could really be an explosion of this uh, epidemic in Hawaii. Um, and, you know, this isn't just about, you know, the safety and health of the inmates who we do have a constitutional duty to provide um, a safe and healthy environment to, but also to the staff corrections officers and medical staff who work in those facilities and would be taking this virus home to their families in the event that this um, pandemic spreads inside those walls. And so for us, I mean, it was a no brainer, you know, when, you know, we always make our decisions about seeking incarceration based on, you know, weighing all the safety risks. And in a time of pandemic, you know, that balance changes. You know, maybe that person is not going to be safe. Um, maybe the community safety is not going to be benefited by that person being behind bars. So what we do is we look at, um, you know, what is the inmate charged with? What's their bail situation? Do they have a home to go to? Is this somebody who's likely to be violent in the community or is it somebody who will be amenable to supervision? And yeah, so we started filing those motions for supervised release um, a couple of weeks ago. Uh, we saw this problem coming um, pretty early. You know, my staff has been on a work from home basis for several weeks already. And um, we've been focused on this issue, as most other court proceedings and, and police actions have kind of slowed down. We're shifting our um, attention to anticipating and heading off this potential flashpoint for the epidemic. So it's been a priority for us. Um, the public defenders are involved. The judiciary is involved. The defense bar is involved. Um, the attorney general is involved. We've been having conference calls. We've been dealing with some litigation brought by the public defender's office. And um, I think we're likely to see some action from the Hawaii Supreme Court in terms of releasing certain categories of inmates um, pretty imminently. And so how have uh, how has this move been received by the, the Kauai community? Has it been uh, popular with them? I and mean, it seems sort of... Uh, commonsensical that you know if you release somebody's you know cousin or uncle or whatever auntie from jail that they're going to be happy about it has it has that been the case um the community is you know there's and this isn't kawaii specific but i i know that there's some apprehension about this especially in places like oahu where they're gonna have to look at you know releasing you know larger numbers than we're looking at over sure. here 
But and, and I can understand the community being apprehensive about that because you figure these people are incarcerated. There must be a reason. And the answer is, um, is there a really good reason for them to be incarcerated right now? Yeah. And that's that's what we're looking at in terms of the these inmates. You know, I think our community um, is doing a really good job, like I said earlier, at taking this problem seriously. And so they understand the need to maintain um, sanitation and hygiene in places like the jail that are potentially, you know, it's one of the last places on this island where you've got significant numbers of people clustered together by sure. this point. I mean, you got to maintain social distancing at Walmart. you got to maintain it at Home Depot. We've got to be able to maintain it at the jails as well. And so if that means that we um, put some folks out in the community on supervised release, make sure they're checking in, make sure they're um, complying with whatever restrictions are placed upon them. You know, we're not letting out any DV offenders, domestic violence offenders, any sex assault suspects, murderers, people like that, but people who can um, be safely supervised in a less dense environment is, is really what we're looking to achieve. And, and the community understands that. And I'm grateful to our community for understanding that because, um, you know, a lot of families here do know what it's like to have a relative who's incarcerated sure. and, and, um, you know, people are afraid of what will happen to the people in those facilities. Um, if they're exposed to this virus. Yeah, absolutely. I, I saw a, uh, I saw a Twitter thread recently. I think it was this morning about, uh, a reporter who said that, you know, I just gave my, my phone number out to a couple of people with loved ones at Rikers Island in New York, which is, you know, the largest prison in the New York metro area, or largest, yeah. I should say. And he said, you know, I gave it to like three people and I've just been getting nonstop calls about, you know, I'm, I haven't heard from my, my boyfriend or I haven't heard from my brother or my father or whatever. And, you know, right now, I think, uh, for instance, to for all of you who are listening, I believe Rikers Island has the highest per capita rate of COVID-19 infection in the United States. It's like, some, I, it's, I mean, it's, it's not, it's, the, it's, it's not the world, everybody else, yeah. because like, like you said, Justin, like, um, prisons are basically transmission hotspots. Everybody's in very close quarters with one another. They can't leave. There's no social distancing to be done when you're in prison. Um, and it, it has a population of people that, um, goes in and leaves the prison every single day. So they're either bringing it in or they're bringing it out whether they want to or not. So, um, right. We here at Blue Hawaii, we very much applaud your decision and think it's very forward thinking. Um, and I mean, on top of, you know, the greater policy debate about how often we should imprison people to begin with. But we, you know, that debate can be uh, wait for another day because we recognize you're a very right. progressive prosecutor already. Um, so the we're talking a little bit about the response here. Um, the state's response has been pretty widely criticized, um, specifically the the governor. Um, do you think that criticism is, is warranted or do you think it's, it's, uh, you know, was warranted now it's changing? What, what are you seeing in terms of this, the state itself? Cause you're, you know, only one small part of that whole giant puzzle. I think the response in its early stages was lacking. And I, I think there are people who are very senior in our state government who have understood the severity of this problem from the outset. Sure. I know, the, I know the lieutenant governor has taken this very seriously from day one. I know our attorney general is taking it very seriously. 
I, I like to hope our Department of Public Safety is taking it seriously. I know they've got a, a, a lack of resources and a, and a bureaucracy that they've got to deal with. But, um, you know, in a situation like this, you've got to be really aggressive about it at the immediate outset. And, and waiting two or three weeks to take the temperature of the, you know, um, the tourist economy is, is going to prove to be, you know, unfortunately, I think very harmful to people that are going to get sick and maybe even die from this disease in Hawaii. So, you know, I'm a big fan of um, political courage. And when you see that something needs to be done, you've got, you, you can't wait. You've got to take action. You were elected to take action. Yeah. And when you sit on your hands and try to pretend that you can happy talk your way around the problem, um, you're not serving the constituents who put you in that position. So um, I'm glad that, that things seem to be moving now. I know the Chief Justice takes this problem very seriously. He's been um, aggressively moving the court towards um, getting some action, and I appreciate that personally. And so, you know, hopefully, you know, it should have been two weeks ago, but hopefully within days, we'll start to see some some real concrete action in terms of numbers going down at the jails before we do see a rapid spike in cases in Hawaii. And, you know, I know that, you know, Oahu is several orders of magnitude different again from, from what we have here on the neighbor islands, but, you know, every day counts and every um, every interaction counts. And reducing congestion is the number one thing we can do to protect ourselves as a community from this um, from this virus and and crime rates have been way down because people are staying home. So um, I do believe that a lot of these people can be placed safely in the community and it will not result in any harm to the public safety. That's very encouraging and we obviously hope that that you're exactly right. Um, one of the questions that I asked Senator Kahele and I'm, and I'm curious about about your, uh, your answer as well. Uh, you know, we've talked, uh, there's been a lot of focus on the negative aspects of uh, the government's response to coronavirus. And that's whether you're talking about the federal government and the Trump administration's absolute disaster of a response, or you're talking about uh, Governor Ige's botched response. We have, there's been a lot of criticism to go around, a lot of uh, highlighting the dark spots, so to, so to speak. Um, yep. But can we talk about any bright spots that you've seen uh, in the community's response or, or in, throughout this whole crisis? Anything that you've the seen bright, in Hawaii that stands out? The bright spots that I see on Kauai are the same bright spots that we see over here anytime there is a crisis. Or, and Kauai's um, had quite a few crises over the past and, two years. I mean, two, two days ago, we had a flood that was worse than anything any of us have, have seen here before. I mean, it, it uh, was absolutely incredible. But the people of Kauai, you know, and they, they know how to get behind one another and lift one another up in times when there are struggles. And whether it's sharing food or um, sharing fruit off our trees or I can't tell you how many posts I've seen today about folks sewing face masks in their houses. Sure. Um, you know, just because they want to help. They're stuck inside. They're feeling scared. Doing things 
to to help one another makes us feel better. It it um, it literally produces a response in our brain chemicals that makes us help you know, happier and, and feel like we're being uh, contributing to to our community. And so um, that's that's what's a bright spot to me. And the fact that people are staying home, that's a bright spot to me. We don't see folks out, um, at least on Kauai now, flouting this, um, flouting this, this ban on gatherings. Yeah. Waikiki's um, got the, going to take the cake on that, I think. Yeah. Some of the things I've seen, uh, um, uh, have, have left me shaking my head. Um, but, but people over here, because, because they've been through so many tough times, whether it's weather or, or resources or, you know, they, they know how to get through tough times and they know that listen to the smart people who are telling us good information about the ways we can get through this. And, you know, if it's going to be tough for a while, people here know how to deal with that. And so that, that's really, um, been encouraging to me. And I'm, I'm grateful to the people of this community for, for understanding that and for, for doing their part. You know, it's, um, something I, I constantly am reminding my staff of, you know, we're, we're incredibly lucky to be still working right now and still be making an income. Sure. And, and so, you know, the community looks at us as leaders. And so that comes with the responsibility to go out and lead. And, uh, yeah, you know, it, it'll make the difference between this being 12 weeks of, of, um, difficulty or 12 months of difficulty. True. So, well, so that's where uh, we're bad at. news for all the criminals out there who are thinking about committing crimes. Sounds like prosecutor's office is still working. Is that correct? <clears throat> we're still working. You know, our our attorneys have. Um, you know, we had the foresight to equip all of our attorney staff with capability to work remotely, and um, so you know, I think the night that the NBA suspended the regular season was the night I said, "Okay, it's time to go to work from home." <laughs> Um, That's all it took for you, huh? It's about to hit the wall or the fan, you know. So everybody just work from home. We'll have a we have a so bear. So all of your uh, all of your DPAs can thank uh, Rudy Gobert for uh, for getting to work from home right now for 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 his microphone stunt. Yeah, and uh, yeah, so they've been working for from home for some time. You know, the the courts and the police have really scaled back um, custody arrests and custody arraignments and hearings so um we just have a skeleton crew that's actually in the office maybe two or three or four people out of 45 to make sure that you know the folks who do get arrested for beating up their spouses or or violating tro's that we we are able to get them in and out of court in a timely manner and everyone else is just working from home and maintaining their social distancing and you know there's nothing um that we can do in the office that we can't do from our home offices. We had our first team meeting on Microsoft Teams on Friday, and uh, it was a little bit weird, but it went very smoothly. And I'm I'm really proud of the way that they've uh, been able to maintain continuity of operations. Where I think I think a lot of government agencies and and a lot of teams are struggling to do that right now because they didn't prepare for it. Yeah. Well, shout out to you for your leadership and your foresight to do that. Um, it's you know it, it's a it's a credit to your to your who you are, I guess, to, that this is all happening. So um, good on you, Justin. Um, I got to ask, you know, 
everybody's been working from home. Um, give me your, your highlight and your low light from working from home. Uh, the highlight for me of working from home. Um, it, well, I really only have to um, put on adult clothes <laughs> if I'm going to be zooming into a meeting or going on teams and then I can you know, break out one of these uh, Sig Zane Aloha shirts that I spend all my money on and uh, feel nice for a few minutes. But <laughs> the, 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 the low light, I would have to say, is just, just the isolation. I miss sure. being around my team. I miss being able to go into the conference room and eat lunch where we all just kind of uh, talk story and, and share our trials and tribulations with one another. And, uh, I'm not the most extroverted person in the world, but I do need a certain amount of social interaction. And so that's, uh, <laughs> that's been, that's been difficult to adjust to, but me and my, me and my Roomba are getting very well acquainted here. We're having some great conversations here at the house during the day. And, um, <laughs> yeah, Carl the Roomba goes off every day, 10 AM here. I've learned that now. <laughs> really appreciate all that Roomba does for my family and me and, uh, just, yeah, share, <laughs> sharing that aloha. <laughs> <laughs> well uh justin thanks so much i i really appreciate your time uh, i know the listeners do too any any parting thoughts anything you'd like to like to leave yeah i just want to give a shout out to our mayor Derek Falakami, our managing director mike the helig our police chief todd graybuck and and everybody else who is out there um all the healthcare workers the doctors the nurses who are putting themselves um, in the path of this pandemic so that the rest of us can hopefully stay safe and healthy. They, um, they're the real life heroes here. And, you know, thanks for having me on and, and thanks for all the listeners. I really appreciate it. Well, Prosecutor Justin Collar for the Island of Kauai. Thank you so much. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, um, if you want to, uh, follow Prosecutor Collar, he is Kohler, excuse me, um, he is uh, widely findable on social media, and uh, he's also a very good follow, so we, we recommend him highly. Um, thanks again, Justin. Thanks, Ryan. Very grateful. All right. Bye-bye.